Welcome to the Radio Bible Course. We're studying Galatians chapter 5, and today we begin with verse 16, where Paul compares the spirit with the flesh. There's a conflict going on in Christians. They are being torn in two directions. And Paul writes in verse 16, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and do not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to prevent you from doing what you would. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. The New International Version urges the believer to live by the Spirit, while other translations, such as the one we just read, which is the Revised Standard Version, reads, Walk by the Spirit. Now, there are six Greek words translated walk. The one here is peripateo, means to walk around or to tread. And from this word, we get the word perimeter, with which we are all familiar. That refers to the outer boundary of something. Now, this word is almost exclusively used of physical walking in the Gospels and in the book of Acts, only two exceptions in those books. But Paul never, not once, uses this Greek word that way. He uses it figuratively, in regard to what constitutes a Christian's activities. Christians are told to walk in love, to walk in honesty, to walk in faith, to walk in good works, in wisdom, and to walk in truth. Of course, these are figurative uses of the word walk. So, when we get a translation such as the NIV that says, Live by the Spirit, That's an appropriate translation. The same Greek word is used in teaching the Christian how he ought not to live or to walk, such as do not walk after the flesh, or don't walk like the natural man, or not in craftiness, or we walk not by sight, or do not walk disorderly. You see the figurative speech here. The way you go about your life Your lifestyle is, to Paul, the way you walk. Now, the word walk is in the present tense, which means continual action. In other words, go on walking or keep on walking. How? By the Spirit. For what purpose? To keep the believer from fulfilling his natural cravings, which Paul describes as gratifying desires of his sinful nature. Isn't Paul implying that life not lived by the Spirit is probably a life given to fulfilling such desires? I think so. That's the implication here. And in verse 17, the two kinds of life are shown to be in conflict. He says the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. Well, you can't be doing both at the same time. You can't say you're spirit-filled or walking by the Spirit and trying to satisfy those natural desires, those fleshly desires. You can't do both. You are a walking lie if you are doing that. A war goes on in the believer. 
The man living by the Spirit will struggle and agonize against the old nature. The two are in conflict, believe it. They oppose each other, and they are struggling. You see, the flesh has one goal, but the Spirit has another goal. The Spirit wants the Christian to live for God and to bring glory for God. He wants the Christian to live out that free, pure, holy life that mimics the life of Christ. But what does the flesh want the Christian to do? To grovel in the mud, to be like everybody else in the world, so that he'll be a shame to Christ rather than a glory to Christ. When one believes in Jesus Christ to save him from his sins, he receives the Spirit. But then he must be taught to live by the Spirit. This is a major reason for the need for expository teaching of the Bible. The Bible is the Spirit's message. And that, of course, is the reason why I continue to do expository teaching, verse by verse, word by word, getting the message from the text rather than giving a message and trying to use the text to support it. You see, the Bible is the Spirit's message. It informs us of the Spirit's way for us to behave. Living by the Spirit does not mean waiting for a voice from heaven or having some kind of a titillating feeling. God has spoken. The Bible's message is the Spirit telling me what he wants me to know. Now that's the starting point. Some people are very prone to encourage you to get some kind of a feeling or to have some kind of an experience that they say will qualify you to be classed as a Spirit-filled person. Well, experiences won't do that. You won't feel filled with the Spirit. You either are walking by the Spirit's commands, and that means in accord with the Word of God which the Spirit gave us, or you are not. And regardless of what your experience is, that will not qualify you as a Spirit-filled person. You are Spirit-filled when you are submitting to the Spirit's will. Not when you get a feeling or when you jump around or wave your hands or clap your hands or shout hallelujah. That has nothing to do with the Spirit filling. Now what's the sense here in verse 18 where Paul writes, But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. How does this verse fit in with the preceding verses? Well, here Paul is emphasizing that living by the Spirit cannot be done by trying to fulfill the law. Life is lived by the Spirit, or it is lived by the law, but not by both together. And why not? Because the law is binding, and the Spirit is releasing. The law enslaves, but the Spirit gives liberty. The law condemns, but the Spirit gives life and freedom. Now note the final clause of verse 18. You are not under the law. It does not say you should not be under the law. Instead, it's a flat, outright declaration 
that the believer led of the Spirit is not under the law. Being under law means trying to get God's approval either for salvation or for a holy life by attention to rules, regulations, or rituals from the law of Moses. And a person doing that is not being led of the Spirit, writes Paul. We must understand this. If you are under the law, you are not under the Spirit. Now to which are you submitting as a Christian? Why didn't God give the Israelites the Spirit instead of giving them the law? Because they had no faith. The law was the lesser of two divine methods to bring men in line with God's standards. You see, without faith, you get law. But with faith, you are given the Spirit and freedom from the law. Verse 18 is the answer for the Christian who insists that he walks by the Spirit while he tries to live by the law. A person who does that is self-deceived, for the Word of God makes a point of the fact that where you have the law, you cannot have the Spirit. You cannot have the Spirit working in you because they are at war, as stated in Second Corinthians 3.6, where Paul writes, But our adequacy is from God, who also made us adequate as servants of a new covenant, not of the letter, but of the Spirit, for the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. Furthermore, while the law is bondage and is referred to in Romans 8.2 as the law of sin and death, the Spirit brings liberty. And that principle is declared in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. We need to be reminded of Paul's earlier questions which reveal the inability of the law to accomplish God's purposes in this age. And I'm referring to Galatians chapter 3, verse 2, for example. He asked, Did you receive the Spirit by works of the law or by hearing with faith? Well, every Galatian would say, by hearing with faith. And the point Paul's trying to make is, why then do you want to live by the law? And he asked the second question in Galatians 3.5. Does he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you do so by works of the law or by hearing with faith? Well, they, of course, would have to say by hearing with faith. Nobody ever got the Spirit to do anything by keeping the law. The Spirit didn't come to anybody as a result of law-keeping. And... The Spirit is in conflict with those who want to live by the law. God's power is revealed through the Spirit, both in saving us and in leading us. The word led, in verse 18, where Paul writes, If you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. That word led suggests leadership. As the apostles followed Christ, so we as Christians have a leader in the person of the Holy and indwelling Spirit who speaks through the inspired Word. Are you walking in harmony with the Spirit? I hope so. Now, we need not pray for the Spirit to lead us because He is leading us. Pray instead that we will follow the Spirit. 
Now finally, regarding verse 18, listen to what Kenneth Wiest wrote in his book Galatians and the Greek New Testament, and I quote, No creature ever enables the Christian to whom he ministers to live a better Christian life by putting them under the ten words from Sinai and by letting them smell the brimstone of the lake of fire. Well, unfortunately, so many preachers have thought they could scare Christians into living the good life. But that's not what Paul the Apostle ever taught. He said, Walk by the Spirit, and you will not fulfill the desires of the flesh, or you will not fulfill the works of the law. Paul the Apostle was asked a question on one of his missionary journeys. A man asked, What must I do to be saved? Paul and Barnabas, who was with him, answered, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved, and your household. Is that all that is required for salvation? There are scores of promises in the Bible that support that Paul was right on target when he said, Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved. Many of those promises are included in our free booklet entitled Heaven's Password. We want you to have a copy to strengthen your faith in Jesus Christ our Lord and know that you have eternal life. Write for your copy today. Ask for Heaven's Password. It's free. Until next week, this is Nick Calavota reminding you that the word gospel means good news. Our address is Radio Bible Courses, Post Office Box 14916, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, 70898. The website is rbcword.org.